Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Height in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Make yourself comfortable with that microphone. Get it where you're comfortable. Do we have the author's corner theme music, please? Yes, we do. And I'll, I'll give you what you want, of course. This is what you're looking for. Right. Yes. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another version of Author's Corner. Right. Okay. This Author's Corner features stereotypical violin music, which is not very creative and has been done many times. Yet the mayor's okay. logic. So okay, so that's what we got there. That's the one that but we you... don't. We don't need any more. Well, yeah, we do, boy. Uh, okay. Hey, folks, sit back and relax. It's another version of Author's Corner, 2018 style. I ask that you gather around the campfire, and we pray that this is going to be a great hour with none other than Joe Souchere celebrating his 25th year. And John Camp, or John Sanford, relax, have fun. Okay. It's another wonderful version of Author's Corner. And don't forget, John, we are in your San- camp. You can't even get the words out. <laughs> See? John Camp. Hi, John. That wasn't that wasn't really all that Will funny. Will you turn John's mic on? Yeah, he's ready. Yeah. That no, wasn't what? It wasn't all that funny, actually. It was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was terrible. You terrible. take the good with the bad, pal. Yeah. Last night, you were at Barnes & Noble in Roseville. That's right. Twisted Prey came out the previous day. Yes, it, well, it, came, s- out, it came out that day. No, it came out the previous day. You're That's right. right. Tuesdays yep. they come out. Tuesday. Were you swamped with the devotees? There were a lot of people there, including a guy from Fulda. Really? Who, uh, who told me stories about Ricey's house. Mm-hmm. Twisted Prey is what number in the Prey series? 28. You're not slowing down, are you? Yeah, I, I think I am actually. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm really kind of stretching to get to thirty now. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I got I got uh, the next one is is already kind of working through my head. What right are now. you now? About ninety two? Yeah, just about. <laughs> I feel like I'm ninety two. It's like it's a. No, I I think maybe I've lost a step since I was twenty. This is your longest stay in the Twin Cities on a book tour. Yeah, I think so. You're tonight. You're at Once Upon a Crime, at seven o'clock. Uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, you're at Barnes & Noble in Edina. Saturday, you're at Sam's Club in Woodbury at 1 p.m., and then you're going to hightail it up to Duluth. Yep, I'm up to Duluth. Um, at the Barnes & Noble in Duluth. Time to be determined, I would imagine, what, 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, probably. <laughs> but the uh, I think the last time I was in Duluth may have been with you. Yeah. Or maybe I went one more time after that. But, yeah. Uh, Twisted Prey... Uh, it, well, it's it's excellent. The one, there are authors that I've stopped reading because I sense that they they don't have the edge anymore. You're you're not among them. Well, that's good. Uh, the the Twisted Prey book, uh, uh, which is set mostly in Washington D.C. and some here. Mm-hmm. There's an automobile accident right down by your old house, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, or your old house, or my old house too, and um, it was. Uh, 
it was it was really kind of fun getting back here in Minnesota and and going down and looking at that corner and kind of walking around Mississippi River Boulevard and figuring out all the details for that kind of stuff. Twisted Prey can't really be called a sequel, can it? Or, yeah. or are you call, considering it a sequel? I, I kind of is. I mean, it's like the second time that Davenport runs into this particular U.S. senator who is uh, a murderess. Taryn Grant. Taryn Grant. Dreadful yes. human being. Yeah, terrible. Terrible. But good looking and smart and okay. had some guts, and, uh, uh, but basically a vicious sociopath. Is it the first uh, prey book where uh, Lucas Davenport encounters a character who had previously appeared? No. That's, well, that's happened before? Yes, I had another woman killer. Uh, the one from Missouri? Yeah, the one from Missouri who, who he killed in the second book. Okay, yeah, okay. About her. So. All right. Well, uh, this captures a lot of what's taking place in the world right now in terms of the uh, the mess in Washington, the deceptions, the... Well, the, the weird stuff that's just going on in politics. And, one, you know, one of the things that happened was when I, when I, uh, uh, I, I wrote about her the last time and then I wrote another book that mentioned something about politics is that I would have people write on my Facebook page and they'd say, okay, you're, uh, you're anti-Trump or you're pro-Trump or you're mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because in this book, we've got a Democrat and a Republican who actually like each other, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is sort of unrealistic. But, but the thing is, is that, uh, is that people will pick up the smallest thing in your books now and decide that you're some kind of right wing or left wing. Really? Yeah. It is. It's, it's odd because it, it, you don't let that bother you, do you? Yes. It bothers you don't, me. You do. Because you know, like, like it sounds like they hate you because, right. because of something that they interpreted and, uh, it's just kind of, kind of weird. Taryn Grant is a Minnesota Senator. Yes, uh, she she wants to become president, and she's a Democrat. And she's a Democrat, and she will let absolutely nothing get in her way. And when she got elected, what she did is she had uh, this uh, employee dump a bunch of child porn on on the on a computer that was owned by the Republican senator, right. and that destroyed his. They thought it would destroy his career, but Davenport actually cleared him, mm-hmm. but too late. Mm-hmm. And she was elected in his, into his seat. But two years later, with all of Minnesota now knowing that he was actually innocent, he's reelected, goes back to the Senate. Smalls. Smalls, yeah, Porter Smalls. Porter Smalls. And, and what happens then is that there's an assassination attempt because as soon as he gets back there, uh, he begins urinating on her. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a constant stream of uh, she's a killer, she's mm-hmm. a vicious, and she, uh, you know, and, and she wants to run for president, so she's got to get rid of him. She takes a shot at him, and and that's how the story starts. Right, and she surround, surrounded herself with ex-military superstars. They're not exactly superstars; they're military contractors. Right, right. Uh, they, a lot but of tough guys. Yeah, tough guys. They used to be, you know, in the SEALs, and they used to be in Delta, and now they're working as as private contractors. When I went to Iraq a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, I saw some of those guys working for, I think they're called Blackwater. Was that the mm-hmm, name of the, that, mm-hmm. f- that company? Uh, driving around in these big SUVs. Um, and they were mostly SEALs, uh, former SEALs and former Delta guys. And and uh, the Army people did not like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they thought that they were killers. Is there another prey book in the works? Well, obviously, if you want to get to 30, there must be. Yeah. Um, the next one's going to be kind of interesting because I've introduced these uh, two new characters, Bob and Ray, who I named after the TV comedians. Right, but you got to be our age to know that. Right. 
Well, sort of. Yeah. I mean, you know, because most of my readers, I think, are <laughs> Right. Yeah. But you, these knuckleheads don't know who Bob and Ray were. Bob and Ray sounds like a morning show combo. You, do you know who Bob and Ray were? Bob and Ray were, uh, they were the comedy duo. Bob can, Elliott, Ray Golding? Yeah, I can, Chris yeah. Elliott's father. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, were, right. They no, were, Chris Elliott's father. Chris Elliott's our age. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but uh, anyway, Bob and Ray, but Ray is an R-A-E, and she's right. this uh, former basketball player for oh, she's UConn. A fem- yeah, she's a black female uh, U.S. Marshal. Right. And, and they're a SWAT team. And what they do, I think, at the opening of the new Davenport book is that they will go into a, the next Davenport book is that they, they are trying to find a guy who has is, who is jumped bail. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a federal charge, uh, which I haven't figured out yet. But when they they raid his house, Bob and Ray do, because they're SWAT team guys for the Marshal Service, he's gone. But after doing some investigation and calling in some FBI people, they start digging up bodies in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And not only do they dig up bodies, it looks like the bodies may have been eaten. Uh, so the guy is a cannibal. <laughs> and and so, so he's a bad guy. I would you know? say so. Yeah. But at any rate, he flees to two uh, places that are warm in the winter, yep. L.A. and Vegas, <laughs> which I've been told are tax-deductible, even if you go there in the wintertime. Right. And um, and so I'm going to be doing some uh, investigations in L.A. And, and he's and so soft-spoken, Vegas. Joe, isn't he? Stay he's with so us. so soft-spoken. We're, we're talking with John Camp at the books, of course, are under the name of John Sanford. John is at uh, Once Upon a Crime tonight at 7 p.m. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey folks, sit back and relax. Okay. It's another version of Author's Corner, 2018 style. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I ask that you Thank- gather around the Ooh, campfire and we hard on this. pray that this is going to be a great hour Get with it. none yep. other than Joe Souchere celebrating his 25th year and John Camp, or John Sanford. Relax. Have fun. It's another wonderful version of Author's Corner. And don't forget, John, we are in your... Sand camp, John. About two thirds of the people listening just thought they they somehow turned over to NPR, right? And 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 now, well, listen, I and and I normally don't do this. I know you're going to get back to business here, but I'd like to for for authors that I feel I know and are uh, you know we're not friends, but but I uh, we have an acquaintance here, like Randy Wayne White or Vince Flynn or or John here. Um, my recommendation is I got the next book for you. Uh, with this lettuce scare, the salmonella, uh, you know, Let, Lucas Davenport. Is what he's going to say. Oh! Uh-huh. He's going to say lettuce pray. I, yeah, I, 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 I could see that, that coming. One. How have you managed to keep this fun for yourself? Oh, uh, it's not so much fun anymore. I mean, I mean, it's sort of like... Okay, uh, how have you managed to keep it... It's like the 24th year at the, at the, at the Pioneer Press. No, I understand, but, you're, but the quality... This is going to sound terrible because you're sitting here, but I mean it sincerely. There's no letdown in the quality. Well, I work really hard at it. I know you do. I but mean, how have you managed it, to keep that up? By working, by working really hard at it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's like how do you keep your column going? Well, it's I, I don't compared to you. It's down to one a week. I left the paper. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I knew you left the paper, but I know like like you're like a really really old guy now, and you're still. Hey, 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 hey! And, and <laughs> <laughs> we agree, John. We agree. <laughs> no, I, I'm trying. I'm not trying to pay you a compliment. I'm trying think, to get I to the bottom of something. I think you're ten years younger than I am, or something. Probably. Like yeah. Really I'm trying to get to. Me. I'm trying to get to the bottom of something, which is. I know it's not easy to sit there every day. Uh, occasionally, I will receive, I'll tell the guys this, occasionally I will receive something extremely weird from John, and it's something you found, uh, for example, on YouTube. And so I asked you about that one time, and you said, well, you can't stare at that computer screen anymore. You kill, you you take a little break, and you're... You're looking for weird things on YouTube or whatever, but not pornographic. No, 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 no. This, yeah. these were funny uh, road bits or whatever, you know. Yeah. So, how many hours a day are you are you doing this? I'm probably actually staring at the screen for four or five, and I probably uh, probably forty or forty five minutes of that is doing YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, what I do is I look for music videos, mm-hmm. and and there is some really unbelievably good stuff out there oh, yeah? by people who are not making a nickel anymore because the CD business is dead. Mm-hmm. So, well, you can't even buy a car with a CD player anymore. I know. Uh, how do you keep coming up with the next idea? Got to come up with a villain. Yep. You got to come up with a bad guy. So now, like I was just telling you, this this that thing guy I was, sounds like a bad guy. He is a bad guy. And if, but the thing is, is that when you get the bad guy concept going, you've already got Davenport set up, and you've mm-hmm. got you know his buddies set up pretty well. So then, so then you just have to kind of manipulate that bad guy. So what I have to do that my mission every year is to think of a really good bad guy. What? Uh, how are you reconciling the fact that now as a U.S. Marshal, Davenport? is absent from home for such long periods of time. You, you get what I'm trying to drive at there? Because he's, 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 he's got fifth. the great wife, and he's got the great kids, and he loves the fact that he's got his money, and he's got a nice life. But, man, out on the road as a U.S. Marshal, he's gone a long time. Yeah, well, he, uh, you know, he's gone for two, three weeks at a time, yeah. and uh, he's got enough money that he can fly back if he wants to. Um, and so I, I guess it's just what people do when they get, you know, later in their careers and, and, uh, and everybody's busy and everybody's working. And, and, uh, so what's the name of the clothing store that he, uh, spends about 10 grand in, in Washington? I made that up. So I, can't. Well, I was going to ask you if it was a real place. No, I, I made it up. So I can't remember the okay. name of Figaro it. Figaro and something. Yeah. Something like oh, that. Oh, I thought it was real. I nope. thought it was a real deal because mm-hmm. uh, Lucas is a clothes horse on top of everything else. He is. Yeah. And this is, somebody asked me this last night. Uh, you know, like Lucas is such a manly dude, and yeah, he yeah. goes to this clothes place, and he gets attacked by three guys, three of these military yeah, contractors. Yeah. And so, what does he do? And I was sitting there, you know, working on the typewriter, thinking, what What would you do in that situation? And what Lucas does, he runs down the screen, right. screaming, "Help! Right. Help!" You I know, thought that was a, a very clever scene. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, because that's where Lee Child is going to turn and have Lucas kill three guys, right? You know, that's not realistic. No, this was realistic. I tell you what, I read every Lee Child book so that comes I. out because yeah. they're, they're pretty entertaining. Yeah. But the, but the, uh, but yeah, I, I thought that was sort of a sort of different for kind of a, the, one of the manly hairy chest heroes mm-hmm. to run down the street. And there's a Japanese guy standing across the street making movies of it with his cell phone, right. just like everybody does now when anything happens. You know, right. the first thing you do is pull out your cell phone and make a movie of it. Do you care if you have success uh, seeing these books get? Uh, turned into film? No, yeah. I don't care about movies. Yeah. Michelle, my wife, Michelle, cares about movies, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm a book guy. 
Yeah. And I love good movies. I just saw, by the way, uh, Beirut. I don't know if you've seen that I'm movie. Not. Uh, the guy who's in Beirut is the, I think, was the main star of a TV series I've never seen called Mad Men. Right. Okay. Yeah. Ham, I think his name yep. might be. Jonathan Ham. He could play Lucas Davenport. Yeah. Yeah, and, he could. And, and that's, by the way, Beirut's a really good movie. Okay. So, But you can tell when you read some novels that the that the writer, to me, it seems almost as though he's anticipating it becoming film. And I don't get that sense when I read the Prey books. They're books. No, they're books. And, and uh, I don't think they'd make very good movies, to tell you mm-hmm. the truth, because, because a lot of it is what Davenport's thinking, which is pretty hard to show. I mean, you know, you want to have a you want to have a movie, it's got to be like one quick scene after another, mm-hmm. you know, until you get to the end. The the guy who wrote uh, First Player, no, uh, something like that, uh, that it's science fiction film that was really Player One. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Player One. Wrote the book first. Mm-hmm. Then he also wrote the screenplay because mm-hmm. he was a screenwriter to be before he wrote the book. Quite a good book. The movie wasn't so good, I didn't think. But but uh, so there are people who are working that that vein. You, know? you are living full time now in Santa Fe. Yes, and you enjoy that. Yes, I do. Um, people think it's warm down there, but it's not. It's mm-hmm. actually quite a bit like here in terms of temperature. We've got a ski slope. Mm-hmm. It's seventy two hundred feet. Uh, got some nice views, but the main thing is is that it uh, uh, it's 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 sunny mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So that in February, in January, and February, and December here, when I would get this terrible gloom mm-hmm. kind of settling over my head, mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't happen anymore. It's uh, John. Uh, thank you. John is at Once Upon a Crime tonight, seven p.m. And then tomorrow, Barnes & Noble in Edina, 7 p.m. Saturday, 1 p.m. in Woodbury at Sam's Club. And then later Saturday, uh, you'll be at Barnes & Noble up on top of the hill in Duluth. Yes. All right. Be. Thank you. Uh, a new Virgil coming out, too? Uh, I am one week away from finishing the new Virgil, which will be out in October. All right. John Camp, always a pleasure. I'll probably see you later today. Yes, I will. All right, thank you. We're going to uh, take a break and bring in John Height. Rook, can you take us to break? No, I got it. Here we go. Tom. Commencing Garage Logic segment number three. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Sunny at 62 degrees. This update brought to you by MetaFast. NFL draft is this evening, and uh, you can keep up right here. <laughs> Let's do this. Who's coming over? I'm coming over. Yeah? Gross. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Got a Bud Light. You'll be able to keep up right here. Mackie and Judd will be in studio starting at 6 o'clock. Matthew Collar and Courtney Cronin will be out at Vikings headquarters. And uh, the Vikings, if you're wondering at this point anyway, if they don't make any trades, are picking 30th in the draft. Today, first round only. I need to admit something. Yes, sir. I actually actually kind of enjoy the first round of the draft. I think it's kind of fun. What are you looking for? When you watch the draft... What are you looking for? Just to see? I just like the drama. All the sweating, the what's going to happen. What happens to the beer show? Uh, we have been preempted for the I first see. time in the four-year history of the beer wow, show. Really? really? Yep. Well, then wow. give your whoever your sponsor is a plug so they can... Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, and Fred Aloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. So they, when you're uh, going to go watch the draft, get your beer at Elevated... I hope that those your... two wanted also to watch the draft tonight. <laughs> right. 
I prefer just to about midnight get on the computer and see what everybody talks. Well, sure. And then I'm done in five minutes. But it's yeah. good theater. It, it's kind of fun. Uh, I prefer uh, just okay. to tune into this sh- uh, station the day after to get fully covered. That's right. There John Height in the news. Hi there. Houston beat the Timberwolves last night. 122 to 104 ended the Wolves season. Houston moves on to round two of the NBA playoffs. Are we going to have a parade? I don't. I don't think. Is it? A, okay. Was it a successful year? They made the yeah, playoffs. Sure. Certainly. Sure. Uh, what is the twin score, by the way, please? It's two to nothing. See, that would be my next story. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, t- yes, sir. <laughs> twins. Uh, they are up two to nothing. Eduardo Escobar with a home run for the Twins. Kyle Gibson uh, is pitching very well through three innings. Uh, I don't think he's given up a hit. He has walked a couple, Shh. but he's struck out six at last look. So uh, Kyle Gibson pitching very well. They need a good start. You yeah, see him to, playing in the fog last night. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully the pace of the first three games takes place here today because I love nothing more than distracted baseball watching Roycey in the <laughs> What inning is it? Well, we're well, already in the fourth. the fourth. Yeah. So we might not have well, that You're today. flying along. I know. That's the problem. Uh, Only an hour and a half in, aren't you? Uh, hour, yeah, well, 12-10, actually, so. A uh, couple of uh, roster moves by the Twins. Aaron Sligers has been recalled from Rochester to make room. They designated righty Tyler Kinley for assignment. Uh, Kinley, remember, he's that Rule 5 guy, so if he clears waivers, the Twins will have to offer him back to the Miami Marlins for a small price. Uh, also announced, uh, this is very weird, in the second inning, they made an announcement at Yankee Stadium. You could hear it in the broadcast. The Twins have claimed righty David Hale off waivers from the Yankees. They'll make a corresponding roster move after today's game. Hale spent several years in the National League before this season. He was up briefly with the Yankees before they put him on waivers earlier this week. And in fact, Monday night, he pitched against the Twins. Struck out Joe Mauer. So they told him to walk down the hallway? Exactly. News notes from today. Superior Fire Department and other agencies responding to a reported explosion at the Husky Refinery near Duluth today. The fire was at one point put out, but it reignited afternoon, and authorities are asking people to avoid the area. Due to heavy smoke in the area, there's an evacuation 10 miles south of the refinery, one mile east, west, and north of the refinery. Initially, the fire department reported at least 20 people were injured. The department later said at least five had been transported. No fatalities reported. First call came in at 10.06, according to Superior Fire Department Chief Steve Panger. Uh, Smoke could be seen all around the area. Roads blocked off around the refinery. Well, this afternoon, in fact, it was about an hour ago, the Superior Police Department reported the fire had ignited. However, no new evacuation order was issued. Husky purchased the refinery last year from Calumet. The Duluth News Tribune reported at that time the refinery, which is the only one in Wisconsin, had about 180 employees. U.S. Senate confirming Mike Pompeo as Secretary of State in a 57-42 to 42 vote this afternoon, making President Trump's selection of the top U.S. diplomat official. Pompeo previously had served as the CIA director. His confirmation comes at a crucial time on the international stage with the administration finalizing details for a possible meeting with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. Pompeo had already met with Kim as the president recently confirmed laying some of the groundwork for the summit. Minneapolis police responding to a report of a shooting at East 37th Street and Chicago Avenue last night. Department spokesperson Scott Soroka said an adult male transported to Hennepin County Medical Center. Injuries not believed to be life-threatening. Soroka said the man was inside a vehicle when he was shot, although it's unknown if he was the driver or the passenger. Police say they're looking for suspects. No other info available at this time. Ford Motor Company says it will shed most of its North American car lineup as part of a broad plan to save money, make the company more competitive in a fast-changing marketplace. The changes include getting rid of all cars during the next four years, except for the Mustang sports car and the compact Focus crossover vehicle. That decision 
was due to declining demand and profitability, according to CEO Jim Hackett. Uh, it means they will no longer sell the Fusion midsize car, the Taurus large car, the C-Max hybrid compact, and the Fiesta subcompact in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. They will still sell their full line of pickups and SUVs. Exiting most of the car business comes as the U.S. market continues a shift toward trucks and SUVs. Ford could also, according to executives, exit or restructure low-performing areas of the business. I think it's uh, one of the most important stories of this century. I couldn't believe it when my wife was coming up next reading me this on this show. John, I think it's one of the most uh-huh. important stories. We'll uh, we'll expound on it later mm-hmm. or expand. I love on my it. Ford Taurus. Pardon. Remember that Ford Taurus I had? Yeah. It was a great car. More important than the NFL draft? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Bill Cosby convicted today of drugging and molesting a woman, completing the uh, downfall of a comedian who broke racial barriers in Hollywood on his way to TV superstardom as America's dad. The 80-year-old Cosby could end up spending his final years in prison after a jury concluded he sexually violated Temple University employee Andrea Constand at his suburban Philadelphia home in 2004. He claimed... The encounter was consensual. The verdict came after a two-week trial, a retrial, actually, in which prosecutors put five other women on the stand who testified that Cosby, married for 54 years, drugged and violated them also. panel of seven men and five women reached a verdict after deliberating 14 hours over two days. Cosby could get up to 10 years in prison on each of the three counts of aggravated indecent assault. He's likely to get less than that under state sentencing guidelines, but given his age, even a modest term could mean he could die behind bars. After President Trump vowed last year to release all the long secret files related to the JFK assassination, the administration announced today that some documents will still be withheld until October 2021 for national security reasons. In a White House memo, Trump said the nation's intelligence community persuaded him to keep some documents secret because their exposure could harm, in his words, identifiable national security, law enforcement, and foreign affairs concerns. Trump gave the CIA, FBI, and other agencies a deadline of April 24th to release the last remaining documents related to the investigation into President Kennedy's assassination by Lee Harvey Oswald. Last year, Trump, who once suggested uh, Senator Ted Cruz's father played a role in the assassination, promised he would release the entirety of the 5 million pages of records, most of which have been available since the 1990s. City of Boston approved a plan today to change the name of Yawkey Way, the street outside of Fenway Park named in honor of a former Red Sox owner that some have said was racist. The city's public improvement... (laughs) Are you kidding me? City's Public Improvement Commission unanimously approved a proposal by current Red Sox ownership to call the stretch of roadway Jersey Street. That was what it originally was called before being changed in 1977 to honor Tom Yawkey a year after he died. They were a little tardy in getting black players. They were the tardiest of all teams I guess in so. Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yawkey owned the Red Sox from 1933 to 1976. Last franchise in Major League Baseball to field a black player. This is hard to believe. 1959 was the first year they had a black mm-hmm. ball player. Well, uh, that's only 10 years after integration, though. Well, Which is, it's, no, it's, it's a long time. It's, it's 12, a long time. It's, it wasn't it 47, so it's 12 years after. I thought Jackie was 49. I thought it was 47. 47, you're probably right. Yeah, 47. Uh, so a decade after Jackie Robinson played for the Dodgers, the city renamed the stretch of the road David Ortiz Drive last summer in honor of the retired Red Sox-designated hitter. After the decision today, the Yawkey Foundation issued a statement. The group said it's deeply Did, disappointed. Didn't this also the same thing come up with uh, Andrew Jones last year, Johnny? 
the basically this the same type of information how the Red Sox were really you know way behind with everybody else and whatnot because remember the Andrew Jones story from last year I don't I don't know where he was playing outfield for Baltimore and there people were in the outfield hurling oh. racial slurs oh, at not him. not Andrew Jones uh, or I'm sorry uh, they're out for center fielder now uh, Adam Jones Adam Jones. I'm sorry not yes. Andrew Jones yeah yeah well there's the, actually yeah and a lot of ball players at that time said the only place they encountered that in the 80s and 90s was Is, Boston was Fenway yeah they yeah. said even they said New York you'd never hear a racial slur but Boston people would be hurling them at you right and left if you were a black outfielder so. April 15th uh, 1947 Jackie Robinson yep uh, Dave Dahl available uh, he is you cannot stop him he'll just make a move Joe Sujure Hey, Dave Dahl's forecast in Garage Logic is brought to you by It's Just Lunch. Here's Dave. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 62 degrees, heading for a high today of about 64. Uh, we do have a cool front that's right on our doorstep. It's going to be sliding through here for the next hour or so. Really doesn't have a lot of moisture with it. All the moisture came this morning with some high, thin clouds, and that was about it. So clear sky is going to be comfortable tonight. Low down to 40. Northwest winds around 5 to 15 will diminish after midnight. Tomorrow, though, partly cloudy, windy, and mild with those winds kicking up out of the southwest again at 10 to 20. 63 for the high temperature on Friday. Saturday, mostly sunny and very mild, very pleasant. 62 light winds on Saturday. Sunday, partly cloudy and warm, 72, and then 80 on Monday with a chance of some nighttime thunderstorms developing. Some of those could be strong. They're going to linger into Tuesday, 75 for Tuesday's high. Wednesday, a chance of thunderstorms developing again late, 70 for the high on Wednesday. Thursday, it does drop down to 62 with partly cloudy skies. But again, today, Joe, going for a high of around 64. Right now, we're at 62. Thank you. Uh, John had this in his newscast. I find it the most significant cultural story of our lifetime. Okay. It's uh, the disappearance of the family car. Ford announced today that by 2021, what's that, four years from now? Uh, three. Three. They'll it's... only have two cars in their show floors the Mustang and a, uh, a, uh, a Focus, which won't even be a car. That'll be a crossover. There's many reasons for this. One is the market that has very little demand for the family car and tremendous demand for trucks, crossovers, and SUVs. Right. But, but think right now of what the modern kid doesn't know. The modern kid, oh, what? 16 and younger, let's say. Okay. They don't know what a typewriter is. Right. They don't know what a rotary dial telephone is. <laughs> You're describing my two children. They rarely two would know what a wristwatch is. Okay. Uh, they, they don't know what a stamp is or a letter to mail in a mailbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know what AM radio is. They have no interest in the newspaper. Cassette. Now think of the kids being born today and from here on out. They'll never know what a car was. The the invention that most significantly changed the world, in my estimation. Uh, it would be hard to argue with that. They will not know what a car is. The family sedan is fighting for its life in the marketplace. There's apparently very little demand for it. And Ford, uh, other manufacturers will follow suit here. How oh, much for of it, sure. How much do you attribute it, though, to for, for safety purposes? None. 
Well, let me let me give you an example. When we were looking for a new family style car, yeah, we never even thought about a sedan. We only thought about an SUV, strictly because I don't trust anybody out there behind the wheel for not texting and driving. Well, fine. And the market made that adjustment to accommodate the likes of your wife. The market realizes that. That that wasn't an option when my kids I used to have were little. You had no selection of SUVs when my kids were little. You bought a four-door mm. sedan. Right. Those are gone. Because the the uh the bean counters and the and the designers at Ford and Chevy and Chrysler what all they they know your wife Reavers better than you do. Yeah. Well, well maybe not as, you know. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, I guess but they know what she they know she's out to protect her kids. And there's you can be just as safe in a sedan, but the perception is that yes, you are, I know the rig you bought. You got it from Maurer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, you're you've got a nice big vehicle, and she's surrounded by a lot of sheet metal. And it's because I don't trust the other mom right. in the giant big SUV right. that's not paying attention. Right. But this dad. this this uh, the young people all are already so disinterested in cars mm. that they call an SUV a car. Mm-hmm. It's not a car; it's a truck. But they think it's a car. That's what they've grown up with, seeing these are cars. Right, let's take my car, and it turns out it's mom's Honda Odyssey. That's not a car. It's a bus. The car is on the way out. Henry Ford's invention Jeez. is on the way out. Uh, trucks are big. Uh, SUVs are big. Uh, obviously, Ford must think the Mustang has a long shelf life because that isn't going anywhere. You know, in the uh, in the Fort Myers Airport, mm-hmm. they've got that. Uh, what was it Model T, the primitive Model T that yeah. Uh, yeah. Ford had? And you look at it, and it, you know it was bigger, like a. It wasn't a, a SUV, but it was it was taller. But you know why that Ford Model T is at the airport in Fort Myers? Because uh, he had a place down there in the southern tip of Florida. Yeah, he and Thomas Edison. I've never been there. I haven't visited it. I yet. did. It's. It's. I. Well, I would love to claim it was fantastic, but it was rather dull. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, Edison's workshop isn't dull, <clears throat> but I wanted to see more cars and things. Ah, uh, okay. Nature. If you name the river, I'll know the river they were on. Uh, I'll look while you the take Appalucha, a call. Luca Bapalucha. Yeah. Bada bing, bada bing. Uh, who was that, Derek? Was this the name of the? Derek. <laughs> It's Eric. But Eric, I'm sorry. Gentlemen, hey, I, I think Ford, you know, part of, part of the reason also is these cafe standards that the federal government has are mm-hmm. how many miles per gallon a car has to get. Right. Otherwise, they have to write a check to Tesla for like $1,000 a car they sell. Yep. And uh, I think they're just tired of it. So they put it on an SUV frame or a crossover frame. I think they're um, giving some allowances to not hit that 55 miles a gallon that the Obama administration was trying to get the car companies to hit. All right. Thank you. I, I think that's that's part of it. There, I'm sure there's a a, a variety of uh, <clears throat> formulas that that go into this decision. But I think, the, you know, the general large first take of it is what a cultural wallop, what a wh- what a sea change, what mm-hmm. a sea change. Uh, I, in my lifetime, I have seen such extraordinary changes in, in the automobile business. 
And even even you guys are too young to remember when new cars uh, came out in the fall. <laughs> and you had the oscillating spotlights in front of the showroom. And you could see those lights for miles around. And you went to the dealership, and sometimes they dramatically pulled the canvas off the new car. <laughs> and You know, the models changed basically yeah, yeah. from year to year. I got a buddy whose older brothers would sit him down on a curb on Summit Avenue and, and use him to amuse their friends. They would say, watch this. And then they'd tell their little brother, name every car that passes here. It's like a carnival act. The kid never got one wrong. The Rain said, Man. A little Rain Man. They said, quit naming cars. I could name every car. A Chevy and a <laughs> Calusa Hatchie. Calusa Hatchie. Calusa Hatchie. That's where Ford and Edison had their place. Now, you know, they could have gone another five minutes. They could have had Sanibel Island to themselves. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> no. This will I got to get down to see that. This was close enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they would come down, I suppose, on the railroad only so far and then by river, huh? Yeah, that would be my guess. Back in the 20s. They'd have to. Right. Because they didn't have cars. The, well, they uh, had cars in the 20s. The sedan now. is uh, going to be disappearing from the American landscape. I think I'll weep. Can you take that orchestra down? Uh, Helen, go ahead quickly, Hail please. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail First you. time caller, long time listener. Thank you. My almost 17-year-old daughter yeah. drives the car, the four-door sedan she came home from the hospital in. Here's today's ray of hope. Thank you, Helen. Have a great day. Thank you. you. Just get ready to donate that to Newgate when it's all done. Say, I want to thank uh, you, Chuck Brostrom, a GLer who had the Afton Press send me some books, one by Jerry Faring, one by Bill Holm. And a great uh, coffee table book about Minnesota in winter by Paul Larson. That was very kind of uh, Chuck mm. Brostrom. Okay. Came in a big cardboard box. It was uh, very Christmassy. Nice. Christmas in April. Jerry Faring was the uh, editorial cartoonist. I remember at, that. At the Pioneer Press and Dispatch years and years I remember, ago. I remember his work vividly. And there's a little, it's called uh, Christmas on West 7th Street is the book he sent me. Mm. It all looked like uh, nifty stuff. Thank was, you, Was Faring raised here? Or would he just work here? I don't know. Mm. I never knew him. Uh, I would imagine he's a St. Paul guy. I don't know why you're asking me that. Okay. Come in now and I'm going to stab you through okay. the heart. Uh, 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. 62. It's 62 degrees, and uh, you're in for it right now. <laughs> 